0: the blaze radio network on demand
1: this is pure opelka
0: with mike opelka
1: only on the blaze radio
2: network (laughs) ladies and gentlemen get out your scorecards and your pencils today's lineup has been changed Stepping in for Priebus will be Kelly. For Priebus, Kelly. Okay, happy Saturday. <laughs> uh, Michael Pelka on Pure Pelka kicking off a of Blaze Radio Network Saturday morning. I uh, br- Silence your phones, everybody. I always have to tell myself that because if I don't, invariably, my phone will ring. And someone will be offering to extend the warranty on a car I no longer own. And that's typically what happens. And then it rings and and then one of you says, why don't you turn your phone off? Which I do get that message. So hello, welcome to Saturday. You made it. Thank God. In spite of the Koreans lobbing missiles our way, in spite of the Iranians attempting to lob rockets into the sky. It's it's Saturday and we're all here. Now, Reince is on vacation. Actually, he is on vacation. We'll, we'll get into that. But it really doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Uh, because your life, yes, part of it matters. I know, I'm not, trying to, uh, I'm not trying to diminish what happened this week. I'm not trying to sort of negate what happened this week. I'm just trying to say there are things more important things closer to home, things that that mean more to you and to me. So uh, we will deal with those things today. We will deal with them, and we'll get into some of the politics. And and if you're up early, there's some of you on the West Coast who were part of the early morning tweet storm this morning. If you're in that uh, Pacific time zone and you want to get up and join the conversation, or if you're in the East Coast where we are, Dealing with a lot of rain in the, the last 24 hours and the next 24 hours. It's going to be a mess. Uh, you can ring uh, 888-900-3393, 888 just 3393 Just a Saturday that I think, um, well, let's put it this way. If you're frustrated with the week if you're exhausted with all the politics and and the hooting and hollering we're just a week away from sharknado five let's let's understand let's put everything in perspective as as shark week wraps up sharknado five is just a week away and next friday on the uh midday show here on the blaze radio network immediately following that glenn beck guy You'll be able to uh, hear from the writer of Sharknado Five, so that's going to be a good thing. I hope we'll see. Uh, I've had friends who are, have been in the various Sharknado films. I have not, but they're a lot of fun and they're a great distraction. We're also we're also going to get another visit from Mighty John, the the record guy, who has. Some August tips on how to find gold in vinyl, which really is important. I was watching, I was watching a segment today on one of the news channels, and they're all, every one of the major news channels is doing pretty much the same thing. Not, I'm not just talking about the headlines, but they're going out and they're finding people. John and Anita six pack, did not vote republican for the past three elections and yet they voted for donald trump let's see how they're feeling now and in most cases the people who switched parties to vote for donald trump are still in the wait and see mode in most cases those people who took a chance on donald trump and i find this fascinating they're not instantly going well it's been six months and my life isn't better they're actually saying it's been six months. Give him a chance. And I wonder if the rest of the GOP shouldn't do the same and come to the table and have a discussion. But that seems to be a, a wise idea based on what the people in the flyover states and the people who changed their votes, people who would have voted for Hillary, but for the fact she's a crook and, and all twisted, and people people who took a chance on Trump aren't abandoning him so quickly and I think that's interesting and now with this latest change with Priebus out joining what five other people Flynn Comey dubkey the other comms director Spicer and uh, what's her name um, they they are we're now at uh, six six people out and if you look at what's going on, Donald Trump is shaping his his administration and his inner circle in the West Wing to his style of management. Now, I don't agree with Scaramucci. I think Scaramucci uh, an an unvarnished and inappropriate spokesman. He's not the guy I would put up to represent me. But Donald Trump sees something in him. We talked about that last week. And I believe, though, that uh, the removal of, the resignation of, the forcing out of Reince Priebus and replacing him with General Kelly, boy, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. Why? Because General Kelly, you get to be a general because you know how to keep order. And if there's one thing the White House has not had in, in the staff end, it's order. Now, here's the other issue that will be resolved pretty soon, I'm guessing. When, And we talked about this from day one on this show. Reince Priebus and Stephen K. Bannon were both on an equal level. Do you remember that? When they both came in, Priebus was announced as chief of staff, and uh, Bannon was announced as uh, chief advisor. You can't have two chiefs. You can't. There are two steering wheels on the car. So those two have been at odds. Those two, and and from what I understand from people I know, inside the White House, there have been different pockets of power, different camps that have their own little agendas and, and minions, and they set their agendas and then get the ear of the president. Dangerous thing. Chaos erupts. You need to have that funnel that directs it all down into the president through one source. Priebus apparently was not capable of breaking the bond, breaking the pipeline from Donald Trump and uh, Bannon. And so you have different voices going into the president. And there probably was one with Ivanka and one with Jared and one with Don Jr., Because the president is so close to his family. Now, let's hope. Let's hope General Kelly has the ability to go in and say, Mr. President, if we're going to do this, here's what we really need to do. I'm the chief of staff. It's got to come from me to you if we're going to make this thing work. Now, I don't think Donald Trump's worked that way ever in his life. And it's going to be really hard to change him. But I think it's worth giving Kelly a shot. I think it's worth giving the general a chance. And let us hope, let us hope that they can get some sort of order restored. Because it really needs to happen. If we're going to get uh, tax tax reform, if we're going to get a tax break, which eh, right now I'm betting no. It looks like Wall Street's still betting yes, though, doesn't it? If we're going to get that done, we need stability. Someone's got to right the ship. Someone's got to steady it and keep the rudder locked in and not just adrift. So, General Kelly, God bless you, sir. I hope you can get it done. I hope so. Now, um, totally off topic, and uh, and I have some other weird stories to get to today. Totally off topic, but I, I need help yeah I know, yes, you're all saying, yes, of course you do, Mike. Yes, you need help. No I, I need um, I need tips, and I've done I've searched all the DIY websites, and I, I actually went to um, I went to the hardware store, not to the big box store. I went to the hardware store. And I talked to the guy because the kitchen sink is all jammed up. My kitchen sink, our kitchen sink, started slowing down the other day, and um, it's got a garbage disposal, so you can't pour any of that liquid drain cleaner in there, and you can't really get a, one of those uh, mini snakes in there. But it started, it started clogging up, so I did what's worked in the past. I poured uh, boiling hot water down the sink. And I even put a little bit of vinegar in there, or a bunch of vinegar in there. And it worked for about a day. And then yesterday, my kitchen, kitchen sink has totally clogged. It's totally clogged. And when you go to use the dishwasher, guess where that drains into the same pipe, the drain pipe for the drain. And it backs up into the sink. So now I have this full sink of dirty dishwater. And I've been kind of bailing it out and trying to use uh, some sort of super, super plunger that they also instructed me to get (laughs) at the hardware store. But they said there's nothing I can pour down there in a way of a drain cleaner. So short of of taking the pipes apart, does anybody out there in the vast and unpaid resource department, anybody, anybody have an idea of how to unclog this kitchen drain? that has a garbage disposal on it. I'm gonna need some help today. So if, if you have an idea, 888 900 or I'll, I'll tweet out the dilemma, the question, and maybe you can, you can help me, maybe you can join me and say, uh, look, dummy, here's what you do. I, I, I'm kind of against filling the house with chemical fumes. And also, since it's Saturday and it's raining, if I have to call a plumber today, It's going to be a bloody fortune. And, you know, we're trying to be smart. We're trying to be like those people who voted for Trump after years of voting for Democrats. And they're just wanting to be able to get a good job and take care of their family and be smart about spending money. So help me out. Anybody got an idea? How do we fix this? uh, How do we unclog a clogged kitchen drain that's got a garbage disposal? help please michael pelka on the puro pelka join the conversation solve the problem triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three when we get back jk rowling you know uh, the harry potter lady i'm uh, involved in a little twitter battle with her and i want you to uh, understand what's going on i'll explain next on puro pelka.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: North Korea fired another intercontinental ballistic missile. Yeah, yes, yes, the Iranians are up to something. We shot some flares over an Iranian boat this morning. Yeah, all that's going on, but my drain is clogged, damn it. My drain, my kitchen sink is clogged, and I've tried... I've tried boiling water, I've tried vinegar, I've plunged the hell out of it till I probably have plunge elbow or something. So help me people. Help me out. Greg in California, good morning. How are you, sir?
3: Good. Hey, it is your truck driver buddy out here. Hey, oh good good, part, good, 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 good. Yeah, really you're, you're... See... Yeah, first you're... things first. Were you able to see the movie Schlock?
2: I have not seen Schlock yet. I'm sorry. Oh okay. I got, you gotta get I got that. a little wrapped up, but thank you.
3: You know what? You'll thank me and hate me at the same time.
2: Okay, I'm I'm adding it again to the to-do list. All right?
3: Now, is your kitchen sink, is it on an outside wall?
2: Yes, it is.
3: Okay, you probably have a clean-out on the outside of the wall. It's like a little, it looks like a little round plug with a square nut on it.
2: Well, see, I bet because it's over a crawl space. I bet, no, I don't have anything on the outside wall because the outside wall goes to uh, my patio.
3: Okay, well, you probably have a clean out somewhere. If not, up under the sink, you can disconnect the PVC where it goes into the wall. And then they make this little bladder thing. It fits on the end of a garden hose, okay? It's black, it's about six inches long. You put it on the end of a garden hose, have a little itty-bitty hole in the end of it, and you stick that into that hole, you turn on your garden hose, and the bladder expands so it seals up the pipe, and it shoots all that water pressure straight through the pipe.
2: I'm I'm seeing a disaster. I'm seeing something out of Titanic. I...
3: No, 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 <laughs> it seen... works fantastic. I'm not a plumber, but a good plumber friend of mine who's licensed and bonded and everything else, he told me about it. I had the same problem. I had a buildup of grease in my pipes. I got this thing. I stuck it in the in that little cut um, clean out I turned on my garden hose, let it run for about five minutes, pulled it out, and it's been running great ever since.
2: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate so, this.
3: Yeah. So just ask your um, hardware guys for a hose and bladder to clean out a pipe clog, and they'll know what it is.
2: A hose and bladder to clean out a pipe clog. Okay, let's.
3: That's yeah, and they should health. be able to tell you how to use it. If it doesn't, I can't remember if it says on the back of the package or not. But it takes very minimal removal of stuff under your sink to be able to do it if you don't have a clean out. If you have a clean out, you just un- undo this, the plug and you drop it down in there and turn on the hose. Let it run you for know, about five minutes and it just flushes everything out.
2: We just did this kitchen five, six years ago. Just really had Mm -hmm. it redone five, six years ago. So I'm betting there's probably one of these clean-out valves in the the substructure there underneath the sink.
3: It's code. You have to have one. It's required by code, so there has to be one in there somewhere.
2: Okay, I'm going to be...
3: Generally, it's right on the outside of the wall, right underneath the sink. I love it. I love it.
2: Now, Greg, down. Let's get down to business. You're out. You're out. You're, Greg's one of our trucker friends. We have so many great listeners who are trucker friends who are out there uh, bringing us what we need every day. Um, where are you so far in this presidency? Are you, are you, do you still have hope, or do you? Where, where do you stand?
3: I still have hope, but I'm losing it quickly. Every time they do one of these supposedly supposed votes, I lose a little bit more of it because. You know, it's like the crap McCain pulled today with voting no, you know, and then after giving that big speech that he gave about bringing everything forward. I just want him to refill the thing, get it back to market strategy, and make it so that it what's so difficult to understand about insurance, we have auto insurance. Why can't it operate exactly like auto insurance?
2: It's a good point. It's a really good point. Now, I mean, we understand
3: we have home insurance, we have auto, we have life, we have all of this different kind of insurance. What makes health insurance any different?
2: And my only my only concern about that is I think if we point towards that, the government will say, you know, we need to get involved in that, too. We need to be we need to be providing that insurance as well. That's a that's an area we're not regulating. So
3: uh, good, good point. Just what we need is for them to, you know, socialize our. Home insurance and auto.
2: Yeah, it, it might be coming. In, in, I've got like thirty seconds. What's the one thing? If we can't get health care, what's the one thing you need to make your life better going forward?
3: Tax cuts.
2: God bless you. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope we can. Let's let them know that we need those tax cuts. That that'll put money in our pockets. Which will end up in the economy, which will buy stuff, create more jobs, etc., etc., etc. Greg, uh, thank you for being there. Uh, I'm going to look into this one. Anyone else wants to join the conversation? Help me clear my drain. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. There's so much more to talk about. I didn't even get to J.K. Rowling, but I'm I'm mad at her, and we're having a little bit of a fight. We'll talk about that and other stuff next on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: With Michael Pelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's a Saturday morning on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Download this show after it's done. There's usually an Easter egg afterwards that has uh, something special that you might be able to snag. Last week, we did a, a little bit of collection of goodies that I picked up at the Freedom Fest and also. One of those kind of exclusive, one-of-a-kind t-shirts from our pal Ernesto, Nerd Nesto on Twitter, at Nerd Nesto. And I believe Ernesto's going to be joining us this morning. He's got some big news, very big news. He's excited. And I'm excited, too, which is, uh, which is good. I'm also trying to deal with this problem I have in our kitchen where the sink The drain is clogged. I've tried a couple of, uh, you know, hot water, vinegar solutions, but it's got a garbage disposal, so I can't get to it. Uh, Greg from California wants me to get a hose and bladder clean-out kit, which uh, sounds like something I would get at a a (laughs) colon-rectal doctor's office. But uh, a few of you called in, apparently, and didn't want to be on the phone. Is Martin running around the studio, Dallas? Yeah, I am okay hey martin good morning first of all thanks for being there i know it's very early in dallas um some of these people didn't want to be on the air but they had ideas so what let's hear what you got
4: okay so i got one person that called in and he said that um using a liquid enzyme digester is uh safe he said that he uses it all the time he's got plumbing companies that call him and and ask him for his help. And he says that he gives that advice out. And it's safe. It's not a chemical or anything. And um, I think he says he uses it to clear out hair out of his drain.
2: Liquid enzyme digester. Again, sounds like something I would get at the doctor's <laughs> office,
4: doesn't He said you can get it at any, like, janitor store or anything. True Value. Okay. True Value is my, my local hardware shop.
2: So Liquid Enzyme Digester. I'm putting that under Greg's. Hose and bladder <laughs> clean out. Uh, anyone else? Uh,
4: someone else uh, called and suggested that you just uh, pull the trap and you clean the trap. Pull and clean the trap. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look into that. And, w- and we also had one more. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna you're gonna like this one, but uh, what he he just just straight up called you lazy.
2: <laughs> well, he, I I don't know if I'm lazy because I did spend I spent like two hours last night bailing out and then trying to trying to do the uh, the, uh, the the plunging thing and I went to the hardware store and had a, a deep and serious talk with the hardware store guy who gave me uh, this funky brush to put down there but you can't get through the disposal so it's not like I wouldn't spend the time I'm just terrified. Look, I can do electricity, I can do painting, I can do basic construction (laughs) stuff, but water, water scares the hell out of me. He said, water, Uh, if you screw up water and your house is suddenly full and that creates all kinds of problems, if you want an example of what a little water can do, what a tiny stream of water can do, look at the Grand Canyon. That was carved by one little tiny river. The whole Grand Canyon. So people, I'm, I'm not lazy. I'm just respectful of water. But thank you, Martin. Tell, and if somebody calls to tell me I'm lazy, and didn't you say his wife?
4: Yeah, did, he, did, uh, he said that. Uh, he, he knew that you might hate him for it. But he said that you were lazy. You didn't want to get your hands dirty. And uh, that his wife was able to clean their drain in uh, 10 minutes. First
2: of all, Next time somebody calls and wants to shame me like that, beg them to come on the air. Okay. Absolutely beg them. Offer them something. You know, uh,
5: you know, Mike, just to interject real quick, you should be glad that they just called you lazy and not cheap.
2: Well, I'm, bo- I'm cheap. I'm not lazy. Well, no, I, I, I thought cheap. you were being, you
5: know, um, frugal, not cheap. That's it. Yeah.
2: I, I'm trying to be the DIY guy, which is why I, I Googled it and tried to find it on the internets. But I, I, didn't, I didn't get there. So, um, and, and first of all, Mr. Guy that says I'm lazy and, and then says my wife did it. How come your wife is cleaning the drain and you're not doing it? I know I'm, I'm a, a stereotyping roles here, but I would think that this would be one of, the, one of the man tasks, you know, like taking out the garbage. This is a man task. So don't tell me that I'm lazy because your wife does it when you're not doing it yourself. I double-dog dare you to call up and challenge me. Rob, uh, you were doing some research during the break. Did you have any other, um, any other solutions? Yes, actually.
5: Um, actually, to circle back to Martin's uh, collar with the uh, liquid enzyme, Digester stuff that you can pick up at uh, your local uh, doctor. Uh, you can also go to True Value since you mentioned that that is your store, and there's a great product uh, called Zep Drain Care. Zep? Yes, and apparently uh, a little 18 ounce uh, jar of it costs you $8.99 and uh, gives you up to 40 treatments. And that's exactly what that stuff is it's a liquid enzyme.
2: But but what about the disposal? Will it go through the disposal and eat?
5: I see that that you know they don't have that listed on here in terms of if it's uh, you know uh, disposal if only safe. If somebody
2: made a a liquid enzyme or some kind of liquid drain cleaner that could get through that garbage disposal and get down there and save me the hassle of taking the pipes apart, which it looks like I'm going to have to. Oh, do. Oh no! See,
5: actually, you're in luck because there's this company. Uh, that makes this product called Drano. And they Mm. actually offer a a Drano product uh, called Dual Force Foamer Clog Remover. Now, that's a mouthful. Dual Force Foamer Clog Removal. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Say that three times fast. I dare you. But apparently, in three steps, it takes care of it. All you got to do is just grab yourself a plunger.
2: So... There's just three steps, huh? Okay, I oh, thank you all. This I will, uh, I will attempt this. I will effort this. I might even periscope this, if there's going to be something interesting. So we will, we will see what we can do on this. Ah, uh, I thank you all. This is very good. This is very, I've, I've got my entire Saturday plan now, especially on a Saturday when it's going to just rain all day long. But hopefully, with any luck, we'll have a clean drain and be back in business because uh, you know. I don't like going outside with the hose to clean the pots and pans after dinner. It's, it's no fun. And the neighbors can see, and they're mad. They're pointing at me. Michael Pelka on the, the Blaze Radio Network. We're, we're solving my problems, but we're also solving the world's problems. Something happened this week at the White House before, before the health care stuff went down. I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, Donald Trump stood in front of a group of people who were uh, hurt, injured, aggrieved by, uh, by Obamacare. Their entire worlds were a mess because of Obamacare. You had families who did not get the, um, the appropriate kind of support and care, kind of like the way we deal with our veterans in the VA. But the president had these families gathered in the White House to try and make a statement. And some of the families had uh, a lot of kids, and one of the families had a small child who was in a wheelchair, and they had uh, varying degrees of issues with Obamacare, not just cost, but the, the lack of care that Obamacare was giving. And the president used these folks as a backdrop for his appeal to try and get the, the, the Senate to get its, its butt in gear and get something passed. And the interesting thing was yesterday, yesterday, a, a person with 11 million Twitter followers decided to make Donald Trump an issue and Donald Trump and how he handled that press event an issue. The, the way this came about was that um, J.K. Rowling, the lady behind the Harry Potter series, saw the apparently saw what was going on and and thought oh my god look at what that that bad man did look at that horrible man and i was like wait a minute what 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 are you talking about here jk rowling what she did was pointed out that at the end of the press conference she said donald trump not only once but twice refused refused to shake the hand of a boy in a wheelchair. And I'm like, wait a minute. I watched that whole event. I watched it from before it started to the end, as they had the cameras, they had the static cameras on the White House, and they had all the people lined up. And I saw the president walk into the room, even. He walked into the room, and before he stepped up to the podium, the president... Of the United States stopped and he touched the elbow of an adult who was who was there and then he instantly and said you know probably hello welcome to the White House thank you for being here whatever you say he touched the elbow of of uh, the gentleman oh you know what I think it was Tom Price the guy who uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the very first person he stopped and addressed and actually got bent down to get face-to-face with was the small boy in the wheelchair. The president walked into the White House, tapped Tom Price on the arm, said, thanks for being here, thanks, we're going to get this done, and then whatever he said for a second. Then he immediately, immediately bent down to address the small boy in the wheelchair, giving him face time. J.K. Rowling, 11.4 million followers, took exception to what happened at the end of this press conference as the president turned and left. And yes, the small child had his hand in the air. The president did not stiff the small child in the wheelchair. But J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling could not handle it. J.K. Rowling... Talked about the quote monster of narcissism values only himself and his pale reflections. The disabled minorities, transgender people, the poor woman, unless related to him by ties of blood and therefore his creations, are treated with contempt because they do not resemble Trump. No, no, that's not true, madam. Now, in her attack on Donald Trump. Over the series of about six different tweets, she received, I believe it's close to 30,000 retweets. Might even be more than 30,000 retweets. I have pointed out to her the error of her ways in a series of tweets addressing each one of her tweets. Let's hope J.K. Rowling has the character to stand up and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I doubt it, I'm not holding my breath. But at least all of us should let her know. If you want to retweet what I tweeted, maybe that'll help us get the message out. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka, we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka.
2: I cannot believe how many of you are engaged this morning in trying to help out. Even Daniel in South Carolina, one of my favorite states, even the guy who called me lazy is joining the conversation this morning. Daniel, welcome to the program.
6: Good morning, Mike. Uh, it's Lucky Daniels. Lucky's my first name. Daniels is my last
2: name. Oh, cool. Okay. Lucky Daniels. Hey, Lucky. And uh, Hey, Mike. Is that on
7: your
6: driver's you know, you know, license? You no, know, actually, I, I was named Lucky at birth because I almost died. Uh, my, oh my actual God. name is Clifton Lee Daniels Jr.
2: But how wonderful but I, that that that's been with you since birth. Good for you. That's
7: cool.
6: Uh, uh, by the way, lazy was the wrong word. I kind of apologize for that. But uh, uh, let me tell you, when you uh, you what you do, uh, the reason I did that. I mean, my wife did that. I was in the hospital having a uh, spinal fusion surgery. Ooh. And I had I had done it before. And uh, so I told her what to do. But uh, she just got the water out of the sink, opened the doors underneath the sink, below your garbage disposal, there's a drain pipe, and it goes down and comes back up in a U, and it yeah. goes out. At each end of that L, uh, that U, there is it's a bolt that screws it on and off. You put your pot up under there, to catch any little bit of water that's in it, unscrew those and take that U drain pipe out, clean it out, and put it back up in there and, All right. and tighten, tighten two screws because that U sometimes serves, it's not supposed to, but it gets, it gets clogged and the water can't go back up out of that U.
2: Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's probably where it is, probably a little grease block or something, Uh, You know, my wife has a tendency to cut roses and uh, the leaves will fall down. And that always creates a little bit of a clog because they don't break up as easy. So uh, I'll get on that. But Daniel, or Lucky, thank you for for being out there. Thank you for being so kind and thoughtful on this. And I hope you and your wife are doing well. I'm about to hit a uh, top of the hour break. And uh, so I appreciate you being there. Thank you, sir. Uh, Grayson and Mark, hang on. I'm going to get to you guys, too. I got to talk to Grayson in Arizona because he's got the scoop on the liquid enzyme thing. Maybe I'll do a combination of solutions and we'll get back to uh, the news of the week and the news of the day right after the news. So come on back.
0: Opelka
1: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
6: <laughs>
1: this is Pure Opelka
0: with Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Yes, we are on the Blaze Radio Network, and yes, it is Saturday, and this is Piero Pelka. I'm hoping we're going to get our buddy uh, Ernesto on the show today. I think uh, later this hour or next hour. He's got some big news, he said, and I'm excited about that. Uh, The first hour, we discussed a couple of different things, including J.K. Rowling lying and uh, not apologizing for it. Fake news, as it were so um th- we got that going for us and i mentioned that my kitchen sink is clogged and many of you chimed in as a matter of fact a- a-, a a ton of you chimed in to help and and i still have one more to get to i appreciate him hanging on the phone through all this it's uh our buddy grayson who's out in arizona right now grayson good morning happy saturday how are you
8: <laughs> good morning mike great to talk to you again yeah well so oh. this is something right up my alley and uh and I had uh, several different types of clients using this stuff because, you know, people would call carpet companies to clean urine and, and feces out of carpets. Well, this product, it, I found a, a knack with it with plumbers. I started getting them with the slow drains because they get grease buildup. And I even had a, a steakhouse in Scottsdale. They, they cut their grease pumping bill in half with a product called Drain Tame. And it's the en- enzymes, and it's got a spore in it, and it it it'll eat the grease out of grease traps. Uh, it but that stuff it works miracles. They uh, they they sell the product uh, you know in the stores uh, called um, like Nature's Miracle and stuff. It's, yeah, it's I use that
2: for uh, whenever you get a puppy.
8: Right. Yeah, and that yeah. that's all it's doing is it's, it. The, the enzymes will eat. Uh, like the urine, uh, not to be gross, but it'll eat like the urine when it crystallizes, it'll eat that crystal like you and I eat pizza. And uh, wow. they, de- they devour it up. And, and it's a blend of anaerobic, anaerobic enzymes that uh, start to work. And other ones that kick in, they'll, they'll have a lasting effect. But uh, you know, I used to take a little go- daub of uh, like a little piece of meat, put it in a Petri dish and cover it up with the liquid enzymes. And it it was gone by morning, so that's it, it's pretty that's amazing pretty stuff. Yeah, and it, it, well, you... it it doesn't harm anything. It's not a chemical. It, it's you know, it's in water, but they're dormant and they're suspended in the in, in a you know water soluble uh, solution. So you know, people worry about you know chemical free cleaning or anything like that. It's pretty remarkable with uh, what the cleaning industry came up with.
2: Well, now. I think I probably need to get the drain, all the water out of the way, though, first, so this thing can get in there, because it's got to get down into the drain. So I probably need to... That's a
8: great point, because you want to get as much water out of there, but you don't want it dry either. You know, it's kind of like, if if you got to swim an Olympic-sized swimming pool to get, you know, to where you got to get to go, or jump into a spa, you know, what would you rather jump into if you dropped your ring in the... in a spa or, a, or an Olympic-sized swimming pool. The enzymes, they just have to swim further to get to it, and they get tired out. They're they're living organisms, I, and I don't recommend gargling with this stuff either. It'll eat, eat everything you and I are made of, but that's uh, yeah, pretty remarkable stuff. And, well, I uh, will in, look in, into in, that.
2: I, yeah. I have a, a, a one-quart bottle of Nature's Miracle around because we're regularly uh, dealing with new dogs or guest dogs uh-huh. or whatever you have. And that yeah, stuff is amazing. If, if, no, if anybody's got pet issues and a pet who's nailing your carpet or your rugs, this Nature's Miracle stuff is really Nature's Miracle. But I didn't even think of what the active ingredient was, so maybe it'll be good for the—well, uh, I'm going to go out and try and find drain Tain because that sounds like the right idea, too. Yeah,
8: they, yeah, Big D makes it, but they private label that stuff. Heck, they probably make Nature's Miracle. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. But the commercial stuff that you, you want to look at the stuff that you know, if you call Stanley Steamer, I'm not trying to make plugs, I don't, whoever it would be, you know, if you call them and hire them to come clean your carpets or whatever, you, you got to think of the products they're using. They're not yeah. using Nature's Miracle, they're using the stuff that's commercial grade, the industrial strength stuff. And, it, and you know, it's just more concentrated. Uh, but, uh, and, and the thing is, like this uh, outfit here in, in, in the valley here in Phoenix, they're open to the public, but you know, you're getting this stuff. It's not like, you know, it's like 10, 11 bucks a gallon, you know, uh, the, the, the stuff I was telling you about that eats grease out of grease traps. I mean, it's like yeah. eight bucks a quart. you know, and, and, and no kidding. They, they were charging this steakhouse. They were, you know, they were billed almost eight grand a month. And, <laughs> and after three months, you know, pumping out their traps and stuff. and, you know buying you know buying uh eight eight bucks every week and putting it down the into their traps and it and it cut their bill in half so it's uh that's just good
2: smart business
8: (laughs) absolutely that's just
2: that's absolutely good smart business and great to know and uh i appreciate you for jumping on the phone early this morning Grayson. thank you so much sir
8: Take care. God bless.
2: Have a great day. God bless. I love this audience. Uh, Mark in Maryland is calling. You know, Mark. Yesterday, I know you you tried to reach out, but I'd gone and shifted topics. Mark wanted to weigh in on the fact that we lost Charlie Gard, and Charlie Guard Charlie Guard gut punched me when we lost him yesterday, and and I tell you, I I got a little teary eyed on the air. I know that. And I know you wanted to say something about Charlie Gard this morning, so uh, welcome to the program, sir.
9: Uh, thanks for having me on there, uh, Mike. Uh, there's this uh, group of ladies uh, that do quilting bees and all this stuff yeah. to help, uh, you know, uh, with uh, homeless people and everything. And I call them the little old church ladies, and uh, they're very upset about this uh Charlie Guard uh the treatment that he received at the uh, British healthcare systems in that hospital and also uh it's uh, it's kind of hard for me to keep my voice straight this morning but uh these these ladies like to sit around and have their cup of tea and everything in the afternoons and and uh, and they said that uh They're not going to buy any more British tea. Uh, They're not going to buy any more British biscuits. They're not going to buy any British products whatsoever anymore. Uh, Several groups are now stating that uh, they were going to go on uh, vacation uh, this fall and uh, early winter over in uh, Britain and Scotland and places like that. They said that, uh, no, we're going to spend our money here in the United States. We're not going to waste our money on any place that has the British health care system.
2: You know, that is what what Mark's bringing up here is a really important thing. Uh, I, I've never been a guy for boycotts. I've been a guy for boycotts. I've been a guy who says, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to tell people, well, I'm never going to I'm just going to take my business elsewhere and I'm going to prove and I'm going to promote the people who do promote freedom and liberty and I'll support that. Now, it's going to make it difficult for me next year when little Riley gets into uh, Wimbledon, but I might have to make an exception for that. But I don't plan on any any trips to England. I I don't drink uh, English tea. As a matter of fact, this is going to tick off some people but I actually enjoy Russian tea and there are a couple of American teas I will drink. But that's a really a touching point to to hear that the people are actively saying we're not going to do business with you and maybe they need to promote the businesses they are supporting. And that's let's go with positivity. Let's go with carrot versus stick uh, in this case. But the Charlie Guard case I do think and i I went on and on about it yesterday, and some guy who has a hundred all of a hundred and thirty six followers on the Twitter got very upset with me yesterday and called me out and said terrible things about me uh in several different tweets and My only response to him was, "You seem nice and and that's kind of the way I think we have to go after all of this stuff is to not not get into the same swamp that these people are in and 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 not not stoop to their level which is also why i don't i don't appreciate the scaramucci language you know i think it's all about elevating it's all about being a little bit better being a little more gracious being a little more presidential but that's my story but mark what a beautiful story i so appreciate you telling it appreciate you sharing it with us today thank you sir thank you for always being there
9: the, the ladies uh, say, shame on Scaramucci's language. Somebody ought to get a bar of Life Boy soap and clean his mouth out.
2: <laughs> yeah, my mom would have had me on the back porch for a month with a bar of soap between my teeth if I talk like that. And I'd be sitting there with a foaming mouth looking like a rabid dog, and I would not forget it. But you know what? It, the interesting thing among this audience, and it's about time to give you guys the final results on yesterday's. 24-hour Twitter poll. The the interesting thing about this audience is that out of all of you, 52% of you said you don't approve of the press secretary's vulgarity. 33% said, yeah, no limits on free speech. And 15% couldn't make up their effing minds, as we said. But that, you know what? That's kind of America right now. I think, I think the majority, the 52%, really want us to be better, really want us to set an example, especially in that office. And I know some of my Italian friends, Emily Zanotti, I'm looking at you. Some of my Italian friends said, it's just like a Sunday dinner. We we talk like that to each other. And guess what? When you're representing the president, you're not at the family dinner table. You're not talking to your brothers and sisters. You're talking to all of us. So I expect better demeanor. Thanks, Mark, for calling. I gotta take a break here. I gotta I gotta move on to some other topics here. But uh, it looks like we it looks like we may have uh, gotten to the right place on, on my clogged drain problem. Now we gotta get into some of the other crazy stuff that's happening today. When we get back, I wanna talk about a guy who's potentially throwing away a multi million dollar career so he can go work with numbers why would somebody walk away from a very comfortable multi-million dollar career so he could do math i'll explain what i'm talking about next on pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: One of the great things about this audience and this uh, crazy topic about the clogged kitchen sink drain is that uh, there are a bazillion answers. <laughs> uh, I just got a Dennis Baker, Dennis A. Baker, just responded saying, hey, if you have a shop vac, plug the disposal side of the sink and uh, apply suction to the other it'll pull the clog loose i i'm i'm going to investigate several different things and see if we can we can solve this it's saturday morning and once i'm done here i'm planning on putting on the jeff fisher show which follows this show every saturday morning on the blaze radio network and uh listening to jeffy as i attempt to unclog this kitchen sink that has a um, With garbage disposal in it, that's that's the issue, you see. It's the garbage disposal. That's the problem. Normally, I could just pour something in there and clean it right up. But no. Uh, Some news this week, some strange news this week, that uh, the NFL came out with news on this study. They had studied the brains of uh, 111 deceased NFL players and found... CTE, that uh, concussion injury in the brains that, that has caused so many former NFL players and some other people who've had repeated, repeated concussions, caused them to have cognitive issues later in life. And it's, it's a tragedy to see some of these athletes that, that we all watched and, and supported and, and appreciated their skills on the athletic field. Later in life, they're incapable of, of counting down or, or naming the months of the year in order. It was about two and a half years ago I was in Las Vegas for a political event. I have to think which one it was. Might have been, I don't know what it was. But I was in LA for a political, or Las Vegas, for a political event. And as I'm walking from the hotel to the exhibition hall where things were going on, I passed one of those memorabilia stores, a place where they sell signed pictures of sports stars and footballs and helmets and things, and I saw, standing in the, in the front area of the store, Gale Sayers, the great Gale Sayers, the Kansas Comet, one of the one of the most fantastic and exciting football players you'd ever see play the game. In my mind, one of the great running backs, right up there with. Walter Payton, another great Chicago Bear. And it said, Gale Sayers signing stuff here. And I thought, oh, this would be great. And this was, like I said, three years ago. And I thought I'd get a picture from my dad. My dad loved Gale Sayers. My dad took us to Bears games when he could. He could only take one kid at a time because he could only get two tickets. And he used to talk about Gale Sayers, but he called him Sayers, Gale Sayers. And I thought, well, won't this be cool to bring this home for Father's Day? And I went in and I paid the 85 bucks to get Gail Sayers to sign a photo to my dad. And the the most tragic thing, Gail Sayers wasn't capable of really having a conversation. Gail Sayers had, because of all the years of putting his body out there and running head first through the lines, And, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, the uh, helmets weren't what they are today. Gail Sayers probably had a lot of concussions that may not have gotten reported. He couldn't sign his name. He had trouble signing his own name, and there was a helper who was there. And it broke my heart to see this man whose body was still in great shape for his age. But he couldn't get the wiring right in his brain. And now you fast forward to this week when 111 players, former players and their families turned in the bodies and the brains so that the NFL could study it. And 110, 110 of them have shown signs. Now, granted, that's that's obviously a very high percentage, but it's not out of everybody in the NFL. It's just those who donated their brains. And I'm sure those families were suspicious. This week, we heard that John Urschel, an offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens, a guy who's a pretty good player. You know, when you make it that far up the food chain and, and into the NFL, you're, you're, going to, uh, you're going to be doing okay. You're going to make some pretty good money. It's a short career, especially that of an offensive lineman. John Urschel's only been in the league three years, and this week he decided he was going to hang up his cleats. He was going to retire. He's decided he's going to pursue a Ph.D. in math from MIT. you got to have a massive brain and a special skill to do that. And his decision came just, what, two days after the the NFL study came out? He's going to retire, and I'm guessing it was out of out of after watching the results of this study come out, this is a this is a big deal. Where's the NFL going? I know Ben Roethlisberger has been talking about it. He's in his fourteenth season, but uh, is this could this be what takes the NFL down? And will soccer replace it as the the biggest sport? The NFL's still a gigantic profit machine. But I have to respect John Urschel for stepping away from the game in order to make sure he can talk to his family when he grows up. And MIT is no joke. I'm sure he'll be okay. But what a tough decision. What would you do? Michael Pelka and Piero Pelka. We'll be right back.
0: With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back
2: to Pure Opelka. Just reminiscing a little bit in the break. Uh, July 29th, 2016, a year ago today, Doc Thompson and I were were, uh, unleashed, as it were, on the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia. And it was hot. It was Africa hot. It was crazy hot. But it was also a blast. The convention itself went off as expected, you know, the coronation of Hillary Clinton, the anticipation that she was then going to march on to the White House, all that fun stuff that didn't come true, thank God, at least the ending was changed. And we covered all that, but just outside of the convention, where the main gate funneled into the entrance, the Philadelphia police had set up a protest zone because there were thousands of people who wanted to come and yell at the Democrats. And these weren't people who were Trump fans or conservatives. These were um, lost boys and girls. And there were a bunch of them. They were shouting for everything. Food, not bombs. Food, not free college. All this craziness. And a lot of them were fans of uh, Bernie Sanders saying Bernie was screwed. But one day as we were walking around the protest zone, because all you had to do was just walk around and Doc and I were talking to people. One day walking around the protest zone on the 29th of July, this very day, one year ago, I looked up and I saw a guy in bicycle shorts and a T-shirt with some statement on it. But what caught my attention was he had a red kind of flower pot looking thing on his head and it was the exact same kind of red flower pot looking thingy that the band Devo used to wear back in the 80s. Yes, Devo. Now, I I looked at this guy and I happened to have my camera running on my phone and Doc Thompson was pretty much uh walking around with me and I knew that if I and Doc hadn't seen him yet and I knew if Doc saw him he would know what to do. The result was 35 seconds of absolute gold that I did post on my Facebook page and I reposted it today on the 1 year anniversary but I just have to share it with you. So in my line of sight There's a guy in black bicycle shorts, a 20-something snowflake in black bicycle shorts, and a sleeveless T-shirt, and a Devo hat. And he's got a clipboard. I'm I'm thinking he's getting signatures for whatever proposal he wants to put in front of the DNC. Doc is not looking that way. He's looking at me, talking to me. So I decided I needed to point it out to Doc Thompson. No, so I noticed this guy's hat. Uh huh. And Doc, I think you should ask him something after you see his hat. Take a look.
7: Excuse
1: me. What do you do when a problem comes along? Oh, you must whip it. You absolutely must.
2: How must you whip it? Um,
1: whip it good. Um, into shape. Shape it up. Get straight. Go forward. Move ahead. Try to detect it. It's not too late. Whip it. Whip it good.
5: That's a that's a good answer. That's the best answer I've heard today from somebody wearing a
8: Devo hat.
2: I have to tell you, that was one of the, my favorite moments from the DNC. There were a lot of moments from the DNC. There were a lot of weird and bizarre protests going on, and we covered most of them. We covered as many as we could get to. Uh, it, it might be time for us to pull out some of the magic moments and, and share them with you. <laughs> Just really, it was a crazy time. I know. Yesterday, uh, also, yesterday I talked about something briefly, very briefly. I talked about uh, this day in history moment. Uh, this day in history moment that, that actually discussed um, something that happened at the Empire State Building. And I don't know if, if we focused it. I don't think we talked about it too much on this show but on um on July 28th in 1945 uh, a B50 a B25 airplane crashed into the Empire State Building I know we're thinking about the World Trade Center when uh, every September 11th we talk about the World Trade Center and the two planes that hit the World Tr- Trade Center and and came down and took down the both of those buildings and we lost almost 3,000 lives that day and you don't think about the fact that we actually had a plane hit the tallest building in the world at the time when when that building was struck and it is it's an amazing story when you go back on it only 13 people were killed when a b-25 bomber hit the uh, hit the empire state building and as those those people faced the the horrific situation with a, a plane slamming into the building we also heard some incredible stories for example in in addition to the people who were killed unfortunately there were people who were injured there were people who uh were were injured and faced uh just amazing uh, overwhelming recoveries One case was a woman who who was working as an elevator operator when the plane hit. The plane hit and uh, engines tore through the building. It was a Saturday in New York, much like today, and uh, landed on the street. There would have been much more damage, I'm sure, if the Empire State Building had been struck on a weekday. If if a plane had hit the Empire State Building on a weekday and and can you imagine the the death and destruction but no on July 28, 1945 it was a Saturday like today but an elevator operator was on duty it was the time when they had elevator operators in all of those uh, buildings they had little uniforms and they took you you couldn't push a button you had to have the elevator operator take you to, that, to, that, to your location. But one of the weirdest things in that, in that accident, one of the elevator operators was a, a young lady who was injured. And as the uh, first responders, as the cops and firemen were trying to save as many people as they could... They discovered this, this elevator operator who was inside the car. And they said, oh, my God, we have to get her down to the ground and get her uh, to the hospital, get her care. The the woman that was in the elevator was being lowered to the ground. And uh, the cable snapped on the 75th floor. And the elevator went all the way down to the Basement, And at the last second, the emergency auto brakes saved the woman from crashing. She lived. She lived and was pulled from the rubble. And to this day, she has the Guinness World Record for surviving the longest elevator fall of anyone. It's an amazing story. There there are books out on this that uh, you can see, that you can find. Uh, I'm going to uh, see if we can talk to the family of the elevator survivor because she reached out after I was talking about it yesterday and said, you won't believe this. We both live in Delaware. I have a family member who was in that elevator. It is amazing, isn't it? It's a very tiny world. So that's my little history segment today. Uh, when we get back, I want to get into uh, I got a couple of different things. I want to get into Trump's language yesterday in front of the cops. I have an update on North Korea and what the secretary of state is saying. Um, there are a couple other. We- of, and we got to talk about Venezuela and where where the hell is the left today as Venezuela is descending into madness as Venezuela is falling apart. Where are Michael Moore and Sean Penn and everybody else? Where the hell are they? And with a little bit of luck, I think our buddy Ernesto is going to join us uh, next hour at NerdNesto. He's got some big news to announce. Yeah, I hope so. We'll find out uh, just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're
0: listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: All right, welcome back to Puro Pelk. It's uh, almost the end of the second hour, and for those of you who weren't here earlier, um, well, we were asking people to help me, help me get through uh, this uh, clogged drain in the kitchen. Got a garbage disposal and a clogged drain, and so many great answers came up. I'm supposed to get this hose-end bladder... Cleanup device, clean out device. I'm supposed to get a liquid enzyme, something called Draintain. Um, and now Daniel J. Miller just came up with a really interesting solution. Said, turn the power off, dump in a bottle of Coke, go do something festive for three to four hours, and follow the Coke with Mr. Plummer. Like curry through a cat interesting imaging sir like curry through a cat i'm not sure i'm not sure about that one we, we shall see uh, i have a host of solutions and and uh andy courier and others are asking me to please periscope this so uh, we will see. We shall see. We shall see. But what I think the perfect thing to do would be to to uh, hit the hardware store right after the show, uh, put on the, the Jeff Fisher program on the Blaze Radio Network, and uh, work out my clogged drain problems as I listen to the dulcet, mellifluous tones of, of one Jeff Fisher on the Blaze Radio Network. By the way, Jeff, he's on from 9 a.m. East Coast to Noon followed by uh, Lawrence Jones, followed by Mike Slater and Joe Pags. So it's an entire lineup of uh, radio each and every weekend, fresh radio for you. We do it because we can and because we loves you. We absolutely loves you. A couple of things to get to. North Korea launching what appears to be, and we mentioned this at the end of yesterday's show, an intercontinental ballistic missile Now, it it didn't come anywhere near the United States of America, dropped in the Sea of Japan, but the type of missile, according to our defense estimates, is capable of reaching most of America. Not good. And uh, Secretary Rex Tillerson put out a statement to say that we won't accept a nuclear-armed North Korea. Now, what does that mean? We won't accept a nuclear-armed North Korea. Does that mean that the next step is to take away the nuclear arms from North Korea? And if so, how do we do that? It seems like uh, we've we've had a policy up until this point of saying, China will fix it, China will fix it, China, are you going to fix it? And now we're kind of sounding like we're saying, well, if China won't fix it, we will. That's kind of like when mom and or dad used to say, you guys solve this amongst yourselves. And if you don't solve it, I will. I just don't know how, how we get that done. Because military action would be really risky. You get any kind of military action against the North Koreans and they will, they will flood into South Korea. We know they will. We also know they have military might poised on on the border right there on the DMZ. So I'm I'm happy that the secretary of state came off his vacation where he is supposed to be this week and uh, addressed the situation without delay. But I'm also waiting to see, are we going to get a statement out of Nikki Haley? Is the U.N. going to step in? Is there going to be another emergency meeting of the Security Council? And if so, what will Russia and China do? Because Russia and China seem to be the two that are holdouts. We know why China's a holdout, because North Korea does business with them. Big, big business. So we'll see. But I'm happy Rex Tillerson came out and made that statement. I'm happy that the Secretary of State is projecting strength instead of acquiescing to whatever the hell the rest of the world thinks we should do. I think we ultimately know better than what the United Nations is going to tell us. So bravo to you, Mr. Secretary of State. Coming up in the third hour, I hope we get uh, Nerdnesto. Ernesto Rodriguez should be joining us with some big news. Also have um, The View did something stupid yesterday. You don't say, Mike yes they did something irritating something stupid something i will share with you so we're going to see that as well or you'll hear it <sighs> so much to do and so little time we'll be right back i'm puro Opelka.
1: Michael Pelka, on the Blaze Radio
6: Network.
1: This is Pura Pelka,
0: with Michael Pelka,
1: only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Hello, 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 Saturday, third hour, I'm Puro Pelka, or as we like to call it, the Jeff Fisher Show pre-show. We'll be previewing nothing Jeffy has coming up today.
7: I, that's not true.
2: Jeffy, if you want me to plug anything, let me know. You know where to find me. Jeffy's in the office already, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, they cut off the cameras. I used to be able to see Jeffy when he arrived. But he's got something. When they remodeled the studio, Jeffy uh, apparently cut the wire to the security camera. The internal security camera feed to the Internet that I used to have access to. So thanks for nothing, Jeffy. Uh, just, uh, just about to uh, post a vital question online, and I'd like you to be a part of it. But I also, I also need to play for you. Something that happened yesterday on The View, and the, the ladies on The View, they just, especially Joy Behar, cannot accept the fact that Donald Trump is the president of the United States. And yesterday they did uh, something that was called uh, cringeworthy by many people, and I wholeheartedly endorse that. They, they opened the show with a sketch, so now The View's a sketch comedy show wacky wacky it opened up with what appears to be the oval office and joy behar with a a really a bad donald trump look alike this is what happened
7: joy as you know i'm way too busy to watch tv and oh by the way tell sarah good luck with her pregnancy and tell Jedediah
6: it's under engagement
2: uh-huh uh-huh no tv huh no. you know you really need to get back on the view donald face it you're polling lower than the zika virus
6: i know
7: i know i'll do anything to anything
2: any, anything anything really okay get me that dossier
7: fake news behar and besides good luck getting it from putin
2: for the good of the country i'll get you back on the show all you have to do is sign the standard release
0: form go ahead right there tremendous mm-hmm. there you go Okay, the producers will be in touch with you. <laughs> this is a letter
2: of resignation. <laughs> Does this mean I can't be on Guy Day
7: Friday?
2: <laughs> yes, it was Guy Day Friday on The View, and that's how the wacky people at The View opened the show. With a 50-second a, a sketch. All of 50 seconds. 50. The guy playing Trump couldn't memorize the lines. He spent half the sketch looking at cue cards, as was Joy Behar. It's not even a minute. You can't memorize the lines. <laughs> lame, lame, lame. I know, very lame, cringe-worthy. You can call it whatever you want. Uh, it's on The Blaze if you want to see it. We posted it on The Blaze. Or if you're a follower of the Washington Free Beacon, they clipped the sketch and put it up yesterday. So I uh, appreciate our friends at the Free Beacon doing that. And there was also something that happened yesterday that I think bears uh, bears addressing. It is The president was on uh, Brentwood, Long Island stage and speaking to law enforcement. The president traveled out to uh, Long Island to address a bunch of uh, members of local law enforcement because he's really putting his agenda out there, the agenda that's, that's trying to get rid of MS-13. The president is, is hoping that uh, increased pressure on this gang, this gang that, that traffics in drugs and human, human beings can be eliminated. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination because MS-13 has been allowed to run rampant in this country for so long that they, they basically uh, have, have taken over the lead. We used to hear about the Bloods and the Crips, right? We used to hear all, all the gang warfare was about the Bloods the and the Crips. And what are we going to do? They've infiltrated housing in, in all over the country. They've taken over. They've taken positions in public housing and they're trafficking in drugs and God knows what else. Well, the Bloods and the Crips are nothing compared to MS-13. MS-13 is a brutal gang. And they recruit young Latinos. They prey on young Latino men and women. And what they're doing to that fastest growing demographic in the country is disgusting and we need to stop it for the sake of those those people that that community needs to be able to say that the government is protecting us that that the police are doing their job when it comes to dealing with the men and women who are under siege from MS-13 and yesterday the president was out there to Talk about what we're doing. This has been a major focus. And in Heroes Week, it should be a major focus. This was American Heroes Week. And the men and women of law enforcement are the heroes we should be saluting alongside the men and women who have their lives to get in the military, who volunteered to serve this country. The president yesterday talked about MS-13, And he addressed he addressed the uh, the men and women of law enforcement and talked about how how we need to support law enforcement. And I believe there's a little bit of a controversy around some of the president's comments. There are people on the left who are not happy with the way the president talked about what the men and women of law enforcement should be allowed to do in order to stop MS-13. And, and the situation is, is a serious one. The situation is one where the president wanted to make sure that he called them animals out of our country, and we shut them down. Do you have a problem with the president using the term animals to describe MS-13?
7: Listen to his initial statement on the subject. Together we're going to restore safety to our streets and peace to our communities. And we're going to destroy the vile criminal cartel MS-13 and many other gangs. But MS-13 is particularly violent. They don't like shooting people because it's too quick. It's too fast. I was reading one of these animals was caught and explaining they like to knife them and cut them and let them die slowly because that way it's more painful and they enjoy watching that much more. These are animals. These are animals. Do you have a problem with that? I don't. They
2: are animals. They are animals. I got in trouble once for using that exact same term in reference to the people who were rioting in Baltimore. I don't know if you remember that. But I I support the president saying what he said. But he's also getting uh, a whole bunch of heat for something he said about how the men and women of law enforcement behave when they, when they get someone, uh, when they catch someone. And he said, don't be too nice to them. And people have lost their minds over this. Now, there are some folks who said the president went too far and he's advocating for violence. You listen and tell me. Esther.
7: And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Like, don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? It's essential that Congress fund hundreds more
2: federal immigration. So the president is making what I thought was a little bit of a joke. And yet people like Montel Williams, people like Keith Olbermann, people all over the place are admonishing the president and saying, Mr. President, you're advocating for violence against criminals. And uh, I wonder. Is it is it brutality? Is he endorsing violence or police brutality? And I asked the vital question. It's just gone up on the Twitter at StuntBrain. Is this presidential? Is it unpresidential? You can't decide? Or is it Trump being Trump? See, I think he was actually just playing to the audience there. I think he was, he was having fun with law enforcement. Do you think cops would risk getting a... Uh, An arrest overturned by a a, a violence charge? I think the men and women of law enforcement are a lot smarter than that. I certainly think they are a hell of a lot smarter than that. But I just posted the poll, so you can weigh in. Speaking to law enforcement yesterday, the President of the United States seemed to endorse what some call violence or brutality. Was this okay and presidential? Was it unpresidential and bad? Was it something you can't decide, or was it Donald Trump being Trump? Currently, in the very, very, very early voting, 52% of you are saying, oh, that's Trump being Trump. Can you just calm down a little bit? Well, uh, you know what's going to happen. You know that the the coddling left is going to say, the president is advocating for violence against, and he's he's going to be compared to that idiot Duterte, who talks about going around and shooting drug dealers and bragging about it. I guarantee you that that comparison is, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to come up. It's absolutely going to come up. All right, I'm going to step aside here for a minute. When we come back, I need to talk about uh, I need to talk about hotels. And what's going on at hotels? What, uh, if you've ever stayed at a hotel, do you ever wonder, do they really change the sheets every day? And what about when you leave? If you stay in a hotel and you're only there one day, do you think they change the sheets for the person to come in the next day? I have a story that's a little bit disturbing, just a little bit disturbing, especially if you're getting ready for that august vacation and you're gonna stay in a hotel then again maybe this story will correct the problem what the hell am i talking about i'll explain next i'm pure opelka
0: pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Yep, 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 yep. It is Saturday morning and I uh, hope you're going to get to a bunch of productive things today. I'm going to be having to do a lot with this very clogged drain in the kitchen. And thanks to the people who are here in the first hour of the show, I have about six possible solutions to clearing this very clogged Drain that has a uh, garbage disposal attached to it. I did not expect it to be this difficult. It's never been this difficult, but thanks to all of you, I'm confident that one of the solutions you have given me will work. Now, I mentioned that uh, I might have an interesting and yet disgusting story that you need to be aware of. We were talking about vacations, and I just came back from a working trip to Las Vegas, Nevada, where I stayed in a hotel. It was a lovely hotel called the Paris. And when they put me up, they said, hey, we're going to put you in one of our newly remodeled rooms. And, Yay. Great. Sure. The carpet was worn out. Paris wasn't remodeled. I might have complained a little bit. I don't think you should call it a remodeled room if it's If it's got old threadbare carpeting, but I do feel like it was cleaned every day. I feel like every day I came in and the the bed, the sheets have been changed, the pillowcases changed, whatever. And you know, I wouldn't mind if I'm going to be there two days. I don't care if they leave the same sheets on, tend to change the sheets weekly or every five days or so. So if you leave it for a day or two while I'm there, as long as I get clean sheets when I check in, I'm okay. But the people at Inside Edition were wondering about that. They wondered if if the hotels always change the sheets when the guests check out. So they came up with an ingenious method of testing this. They found a spray kind of a invisible spray that they could put on the sheets in the hotel it doesn't it doesn't feel any different you don't notice it you certainly can't see it it's colorless odorless so what they did was made some stencils that said i slept here yuck and they did one of their own inside edition logo and they checked into a hotel and then sprayed the bottom sheet on the bed and the top sheet and the pillowcase. And then they made it look like somebody slept in the bed. They rustled up the bed and made, a, made it look as if someone had been in there and, and left. And then they checked out, and the very next day they checked back in under a different name and asked if they could have this room, if it was available. And they did this nine different times. They did it at Candlewood Suites, you know, one of the chains. They did it at a La Quinta and a Residence Inn in New York. And, and six others. But those three are important because after they checked into the Candlewood Suites for the second time, they pulled back the bedspread And they have a black light that shows the uh, the paint if it's there. And sure enough, when they turned off the lights in the room and turned on the black light and then pulled back the sheet, you saw I slept here. Yuck and the inside edition logo. Now, the reporter immediately called for uh, a, a manager to come up to the room immediately where they were waiting with a camera crew, et cetera, and said, hey, what the heck is going on here? And in the Candlewood Suites and La Quinta and the residents Inn, everybody was shocked and appalled, of course, that they hadn't changed the sheets. Now, it is kind of gross to think that maybe the sheets have not been changed from a previous guest. Again, I wouldn't mind. Look, if I check in for three days... Fine. Change the sheets before I get there. Fresh pillowcases and change them when I get out. They're doing that now with the towels. Remember, they guilt you into not getting fresh towels every day by saying that you're saving the environment. So I'd be fine if I got clean sheets on the first day of my stay. And if I'm only there a couple of days, you don't need to change it. What the hell? But in the case of Candlewood, La Quinta, and Residence Inns, all in New York City, all three of those got caught not changing sheets after somebody checked out and a new person, different name, checked in. Now, the good news here is six out of the nine passed the test. But still, those are big chains, Residence Inn, La Quinta, and Candlewood Suites. And I'm sure each one of those corporate offices is making damn sure, damn sure that that never happens again. And every now and then you have to check. So I, I have to applaud. I have to applaud you, you people at, at Inside Edition. Deborah Norville. Good work on this one. Good work. When we get back, are we going to have are we going to have uh, Ernesto? With his big news, I'd love for him to make the announcement. If he's not going to, I'm going to make the announcement. But hopefully we'll get him just around the corner. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back.
0: on the blaze radio network.
2: Welcome back to Piero Pelka. Still waiting to see if we're going to get Ernesto. I don't want to steal his thunder. I want to, I want to let him have the ability to make this big announcement today. So we're going to hang out and uh, slow it down a little bit, slow it down and uh, go to a different area. Actually another story, have to say good morning to Joshua this morning. Joshua is one of uh, those out there who listens to this show who is also a member of the law enforcement community. So, Joshua, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for working the, uh, the overnight shift, which I know ain't easy, especially on the weekends. I watch Live PD, and I see uh, all the stuff that's happening to the men and women of law enforcement on the weekends, and I am constantly amazed, A, at their patience and professionalism, uh, B, I, I'm not surprised, but I am I'm amazed at the grace that they have to, uh, to execute the job without actually executing the people because I would not have the patience. Joshua was just um, wondering as we were talking about the president and whether or not he was encouraging violence in uh, law enforcement when he made what I think is more of a joke yesterday in Brentwood, Long Island. And we do have that up on, on the Twitter, at, at StuntBrain. You can actually vote on whether or not Donald Trump's address to the law enforcement was endorsing or calling for violence and police brutality. 19% of you say it was presidential and okay. 21% say it's unpresidential and bad. But the overwhelming majority say it's Trump being Trump, which means calm down. Joshua wrote, was it okay for Obama to advocate and for his wife to advocate for violence against law enforcement? Obviously, the answer is no. But Joshua also lets us, lets us have a peek inside the lives of first responders. You ever want to know what, what first responders face? Just this morning, Joshua wrote, I got off my shift with blood all over my pants after risking my safety rushing to an accident, and helping a woman while protecting my EMS personnel. But I'm still the piece of crap that put the drunk husband in my car so he would not interfere with his wife's care or run into the life flight chopper. Again, every day the men and women who put on a badge, put on that uniform, are doing stuff that n- most of us would never have the ability, the patience, the grace, the courage to do. So Joshua, thank you. Thank everybody who works in your in your law enforcement group and everybody else who works just in law enforcement. I can't imagine what that's like. You're trying to save somebody's life, you're trying to protect the EMS workers at the same time, and you got to deal with a drunken husband who probably I'm I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions here, but uh, Friday night, car crash, might have been some alcohol involved. I'm just saying. So to the men and women of law enforcement, thank you. Thank you so much for being there every damn day. We, We can't thank you enough. Earlier in the show, we talked about Charlie Gard. And earlier in the show, I made the connection between Charlie Gard's demise and single-payer socialized health care. And I was trying to point out just, just how screwed up it is, just how, just how dangerous it is. Charlie Gard wasn't the only death from uh, bad socialized health care this week. There was another one in England that didn't get nearly as much attention and uh, I don't I well, I know why Charlie Gard was a tiny little baby, was defenseless, whose parents wanted something else than the government mandated treatment. Charlie Gard was a victim of the system. That doesn't mean Katie Widowson was also not a victim of single payer health care. Check out this crazy story out of out of England. Uh, Katie Whittleston, a 24-year-old single mom, died this week. She died like a day after she came into the National Health Service trying to get some assistance. Katie told the doctors that she had a sore wrist, that her wrist was bugging her, and uh, the, the doctors took a look at it. And they said, oh, that's a simple strain, and we're going to send you home. A day later, she was back at the hospital. You see, Katie had come into the hospital because her wrist was in pain. Her wrist was in pain because she had hurt it in a sex game with her boyfriend. Katie and her boyfriend were messing around, and and, uh, they were going to play with restraints. They were tying each other up or he was tying her up, but apparently she hurt her wrist. And in the course of tying her up, whatever restraints they used also broke the skin. And uh, she was in a lot of pain, couldn't move it. She actually went to good hope hospital, which is part of the national health service told that they looked at her sent her home with painkillers and told her she suffered from a strain. The following morning, she was still in pain, had developed blisters. She was rushed to a different hospital, suffered a heart attack in the ambulance on the way in. A heart attack. She died. The boyfriend was brought in for an inquest. And he said that his girlfriend had initially thought she had hurt her wrist when she had restrained he had restrained her as they were playing around. He said, I don't remember much about it. It's not anything we've ever done before. And the coroner explained that Miss Widdowson had attended the, um, the Good Hope's department party the night. But she had de- attended the emergency room at Good Hope Hospital the night before. In extreme pain in her left wrist. She she told them she was unable to feel her fingers and the pain was spreading up her arm. The coroner said that her temperature, heart, pulse, all abnormal. And she should have been observed every 30 minutes, meaning they should have checked her in. This is the National Health Service. No, instead, the emergency room said, oh, you got a sprain, here's some painkillers, go home. She saw two doctors, had an X-ray, was told she had a sprained wrist and was discharged. The coroner at the hearing this week said that Ms. Widowson should have been kept in the hospital and, had undergone, and should have undergone major surgery. There were clear failures on the part of both doctors who looked at this woman. According to the coroner, they flagrantly ignored the policy that was there for the very situation that Katie found herself in. Her early warning score was six, and that should have resulted in regular and ongoing observations and further investigations. These were not carried out. If Katie had remained in hospital, it is clear that her death would have been avoidable. Close quote. The coroner went on to say these mistakes amount to gross failure and provide basic to provide basic medical attention. She died. Less than 24 hours after visiting the hospital for pain and saying that she had no feeling in her hands and it was. It was going up her arm, and she had a fever, an irregular heart rate. She died after being told she had a sprain. I've had many a sprain. I've never had a fever, never had an elevated or irregular heart rate because of a sprain. She died of necrotizing fasciitis, which was contributed to by neglect. A 24-year-old who got a Rare flesh-eating infection when medics failed to spot the condition, despite the fact that two different doctors saw her, and despite the fact that two different doctors told, were told and, and made note of the fact that her heartbeat, her pulse were irregular, and she had a fever. Sprains never give you a fever. Anybody who thinks Charlie Gard is an isolated case of the incompetence of socialized medical care needs no, look no further than a 24-year-old whose child is now left alone. And I'm sure there's going to be legal action to follow this. It's just the evidence is everywhere. Everywhere. We have to stop this Obamacare. When we get back, I'm hoping to get some good news. And if not, I'll I'll uh, I'll try and give you the good news as best I can, but our buddy Ernesto has some really good news to share. And uh, we'll wrap up we'll wrap up this uh, this week's episode, this weekend's episode of Puro Pelka. By the way, Jeff Fisher is waiting in the wings. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Piero Palka. Going to try and take care of a bunch of little things here before we get out. First of all, if you're worried about healthcare, I think there still are some efforts out there. Trey Gowdy was on Fox yesterday. I love Trey Gowdy, and I want you to love him too. Uh, listen to what he said, what he
3: would do. And the health care, I would propose changes that are transformational and it's gonna require persuading my fellow citizens, including some independents and democrats, that this is best for the country. It's not gonna be done with twenty-four hours notice and a bill that has the word skinny in it. So sure. it's hard to persuade people. I get that. I used to have to do it for a living and I'm married. So it's hard <laughs> to persuade people.
2: I, I so appreciate Trey Gowdy. I wish Trey Gowdy was Speaker of the House, but he's not. And if he were, I'm sure he would address Barbara Lee from California. Sorry, California. It's your turn. I I was really nice to California for quite a while this week. But Barbara Lee, representative from California, 71-year-old Barbara Lee. Term limits, everybody. Everybody who's mad at McCain... And I'm mad at Barbara Lee. Term limits, everybody. That would prevent dumb stuff like this. Yesterday, as the president announced he was putting John Kelly, General John Kelly, as chief of staff, moving him from uh, Homeland Security to, to chief of staff, Representative Barbara Lee tweeted this By putting General John Kelly in charge, President Trump is militarizing the White House. And putting our executive branch in the hands of an extremist, General John Kelly. General John Kelly, who won the distinguished medal for fighting on behalf of this country. So I guess he's an extremist. Twitter noticed Twitter noticed and, and also responded to Barbara Lee's dumb statement. Susan Kaye said... Kind of like saying George Washington or any other of the 11 generals who became actual presidents. (laughs) Not merely the chief of staff, right? The U.S. military are extremists, said Pam, lucky mom four. The U.S. military are extremists. They protect your sorry ass and your right to spew this nonsense. Proud military mom. Good for you, Pam amazing this goes on and on and on there are thousands of people who have responded to the idiotic statement the absolute idiotic statement of barbara lee next time you worry about those korean missiles coming over uh guess guess which state other than hawaii is next in the line of fire Guess which one? Yeah, that would be California, where you, you are living and representing. Victor Nicky responded to Barbara Lee. You're calling the uh, United States Marine Corps extremists, the men and women who keep our Republican freedom safe. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should. We'll keep an eye out for more on Barbara Lee. Idiots. Uh, We were trying to get Ernesto. He might have been out celebrating because the good news, Ernesto is going to appear on who wants to be a millionaire. And he is playing to benefit veterans and stopping the suicides that are killing our our veterans that are the desperate acts from the veterans so God bless Ernesto we'll get details about when it's going to be on I think he'll be on the radio show Monday so join me right after Glenn Beck on Monday until such time download the show and uh, see if there's an easter egg at the end because there probably is and it might do with uh, have to do with Ernesto and then stick around for Jeffy who knows if I clear the drain I'll send him a message and let him know that all of your help was appreciated and successful until then Testudo my friends Testudo
0: Pure Opelka with
1: Michael Belka on the Blaze Radio Network
2: Hey, thanks for downloading the show. Thanks for grabbing the Easter egg and uh, figuring out that there's something else here. And I have to say congratulations to Cynthia Henderson, who is drawn from the correct winners. I asked last week, name one of the founding fathers that Steve Forbes quoted, Thomas Jefferson. She nailed it correctly. Liberty requires eternal vigilance. And yes, it does. Uh, Congratulations, Ms. Henderson. We'll get your address and we will send you the little collection of strange things I picked up at Freedom Fest and including the bonus of an Ernesto shirt, the new one, the cool one, the very custom one. No two are alike. And we appreciate you. This week, because of the good news about Ernesto and the fact that he is going to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, competing to benefit veterans, uh, I'm throwing in another one of those Ernesto shirts to whomever can tell me, whomever can tell me just one of the suggested solutions to my clogged drain. Just one. Tell me one of the suggested solutions. Send it to M.O.Pelka at The Blaze. That's M-O-P-E-L-K-A at TheBlaze.com. Get it in by Thursday and it might be you sporting that new Ernesto shirt. Until such time. We will see you Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, right after Glenbeck. Testudo, my friends, testudo.